0: This is Self Starter. Hello, welcome to Self Starter, a podcast that highlights the small business owners, the self-employed and freelancers who have taken the plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling. I'm also the host of the Antisocial podcast. I play bass in the Australian metal band Lord, and I'm a dispute resolution specialist. Lots of things there. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can go to selfstarter.com.au where you'll find a number of different links and resources, not only for this podcast, but anything and everything linked to the self-employment world. So make sure you go and check that out. This episode is with KM Doyle of Livewire Studios in Aladella. Now, Livewire Studios have only been up and running for the past several months, and they cater for a hole in the market down there. Uh, Livewire are a theater performance business. They cater for a whole range of different services, Um, theater, voice, writing, puppetry, improv, self-development courses, uh, photography, graphics, all sorts of different things. It's a varied business, but it's really, really cool. And they're in their infancy stages of business and, um, KM's done so much in such a short period of time. So KM will go through a lot of this in this episode, um, but lots of great takeaways. You can find Livewire Studios by going to livewiretheatre.com or you can go to facebook.com slash Theatre New South Wales. So I'll do that again. Facebook.com slash livewiretheatre, NSW for New South Wales. As always, you can go to selfstarter.com.au. Check out the show notes where I'll dump everything there as well. Enough of me, as always. Please enjoy this episode with KM Doyle of Livewire Studios in Ulladulla. Well, thank you very much for having me at your studio in Ulladulla, right down the south coast.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Uh, Before we get stuck into it, do you want to give a brief introduction of who you are and your business?
1: Sure. It's never that brief, though. Um, (laughs) My name's KM uh, KM Doyle and LiveWise Studios we do a number of different things. Yes. So we offer drama and arts programs for participants aged one to adult. We also do children and family friendly entertainment so birthday parties, corporate events and so forth. Uh, we have a working artist studio here and we also do theatrical performances that's the short version.
0: Wow. Um, I was on the website um, early this morning and I was going through all the different services that you provide um, and it's quite extensive because I just saw theatre and I'm like, oh, a bit of drama, like in, in such a vague way of saying it, but I just thought, oh, a bit of drama, a bit of uh, theatre, sort of learning to, to speak in front of people and perform, but, um, I mean, it's quite detailed and that's, that's coming from an ignorant person that isn't uh, part of that world whatsoever, but um, it's, it's quite quite detailed as far as the different things that you can provide
1: yeah it's a very extensive range essentially we believe in creativity for everyone yep. and um the website's not even up to date am <laughs> i shouldn't be saying that seeing as i'm also a website designer but uh <laughs> like the builder whose house is always falling down um My clients' websites are always up to date, but mine isn't. Um, Yeah, so there's a lot more we do that's not on the website at the moment as well. So we also, you know, we have a music studio, we have a photographic studio. Um, Yes, it's constantly evolving, constantly building, and we've got a fantastic space here where we can keep extending it. Yep. And so we do.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. So I read that I think for yourself personally, you've got about 20-odd years Yes. In this sort of facet of of, um, what you would call the industry of... Yeah, definitely.
1: In the performing arts industry, my main background is performing arts, uh, Mm -hmm. theatre and circus. Uh, So, yes, I've been working professionally in that industry for 20 to 25 years, nationally and internationally. Um, And as far as studios like this are concerned, Mm -hmm. I did run a very similar studio in Brisbane many years ago... um, Gosh, when was that? So that was roughly 15 years ago. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's it, I've got extensive experience and training in that area of the industry, and as any artist would relate to or any creative would relate to, I've picked up a lot of other skills along the way and yeah. um, a lot of other experiences and training along the way, so... My experience and training is constantly involving, and that just feeds straight back into the studio. And the same with my staff, because they're artists and creatives as well. So um, our team members just keep bringing new skills and new experiences Feeding off each other all
0: the time. Exactly. So the studio here in Aladala, how long has this been up and running?
1: The studio itself, we moved in on the 1st of July, so it's very new. Oh, really? Okay. Very new. Uh, And we still have a lot we want to achieve here and a lot we want to do. And it's very easy to get overwhelmed by that. And Mm. we have to sort of keep stopping and looking around and looking at how much we have achieved in three months because it looks very different than it did when we moved in on the 1st of July. In the area itself, I've been in the area for five years now. uh, And a whole other story, when we first moved here, I couldn't actually work because I was chronically ill. Uh, But as I started to get better, I started just offering vacation classes. And then uh, this year, the start of this year, started offering semester classes. And that was just hiring hall spaces. Um, And then I'd had in the back of my mind since I moved here Mm. that I wanted to start a studio. Um, There wasn't anything like that in this area. And it seemed to be a really big hole. Um, for the community Mm. uh, because there's a lot of families in this community. So I had it in the back of my mind. So as soon as I started to get back to that spot where I knew I'd be able to take on the 48 hours a day that it entails of running this kind of business, um, I started uh, hunting for the perfect space. And it's actually a funny story because this premises that we're in when we first moved to this area five years ago... Mm. I had in the back of my mind, ooh, that's a perfect spot for that studio, and one day it's going to be mine, and it just happened to come available at that time, so it was meant to be.
0: Everything aligned. (laughs) Everything
1: aligned, exactly.
0: Was there, okay, so there was obviously a a progression over time where you you had a, a thought in the back of your mind, but obviously it was it was a lead-up of events and things and, and getting your feelers out there and, and obviously building your own network and a community of people. So when it does come time to launch something like this, you've you've got some people that you can draw on. Was there any fears that you had uh, leading up to the opening of this studio? Was there some, any sort of concerns that you had, like, you know, are we going to be... Successful? Are people going to come in? Are they going to take the classes? Are we going to have anybody rock up? Oh, how long have you got? Um, <laughs> okay. So,
1: yes, yes. I mean, there's always fears associated. Um, through my entire career, again, working in the arts and as a creative, nothing's ever certain. Yep. Uh, and I've spent a lot of that time self-employed. Mm. So um, I, I guess I had that behind me that I'd done it before. Yeah. Um, although in so saying that, when I opened the one in Brisbane, I decided to do it with a week's notice and $100. Wow. Um, So I tend to be a leap and hope the net will appear kind of person Um, and there definitely was the element of that here as well. Mm. But particular fears here, it's a completely untested industry for this Mm. area. Um, So I couldn't look at other businesses and say, well, they succeeded or they failed. I mean, there's some that are loosely associated but mm. nothing like this yeah. uh so it was completely untested and there wasn't even really a way of being able to do market research mm. to find out if it would work um so that was definitely a big fear and i did actually negotiate with my landlords to have a six-month trial okay to yep. make sure it worked before i committed to an extensive lease um and I mean that was a difficult process itself, but that certainly made things a lot more comfortable.
0: Takes a bit of pressure yeah, off. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yep. Um, other fears, as I mentioned before, my health. I have lupus, which is a chronic autoimmune condition, oh. um, and it's incurable. And um, I ended up basically um, bed bound and completely unable to work for a couple of years so that can come back at any time and i have to be very careful with that and obviously being self-employed and in an industry like this which is non-stop Mm. seven days a week can be 24 hours a day um i have to be very very careful about that and so that's a huge fear and that was a huge fear for my husband because mm. he's the one that has to pick up the pieces yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it all goes terribly 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 wrong which it has done in the past um, so that was actually probably the biggest fear which most people wouldn't have to deal with yeah uh, and then um, financially I mean financially there's always a huge risk I you know it's always recommended if you start your own business that you have good solid savings behind you Mm. not being able to work for a few years i didn't have that i had nothing um so financially of course it's a huge risk and i have to say rents in this area are ridiculous really considering we live in an area which on a socioeconomic scale Mm. is a lot lower than say a city um the rents here are comparable to the city in fact i could get a cheaper premises in Sydney. Incredible.
0: Yeah. I didn't realise that.
1: Yes. So, <laughs> but I mean, in saying that, this is a very big space. Mm. Uh, it's huge. Um, and, you know, I pay accordingly for such a big space. But, of course, that constant pressure is on to pay the rent and to pay the staff and hopefully feed myself as well. But <laughs> hopefully, fingers crossed. You need to
0: try and feed yourself, yeah, to keep yourself exactly. going. Yeah,
1: exactly. But so far, so good. So, you know, those are, those are all huge risks. And quite honestly, if I sat there and um, pondered them hmm. for too long, uh, <laughs> the answer would probably be, what the hell are you doing? You yeah. never do that. But it's not the kind of person I am. I am a risk taker. It's paid off in the past and here we are
0: well that's it and sometimes you never know for sure what the what the outcome's going to be you can you can put the money on it and think that it's definitely going to go in this this direction but you don't know for sure where that's gonna it's exactly. gonna go
1: exactly and I mean that's the thing like as I said I wasn't able to do really conclusive market research mm. um all I could really go on was the fact that I'd done workshops in the area and the workshops I was offering out of halls was about Probably about oh, it's not even a quarter of what I'm offering now because mm. I didn't have my own space, so I couldn't yep. offer them. So it's just going on feedback from uh, the clients that I had uh, and their support, mm. um, and also knowing that it's a really supportive area. Yeah, the community is very supportive. But, um, yeah, all the market research in the world still can't tell you if something's going to succeed or not. You know, world affairs can change overnight and that changes Mm -hmm. the economy and also it's such a personal thing. Your own input makes such a difference that market research isn't going to tell you that. No, that's right.
0: Um, And I think sometimes if we overthink all these different factors that a lot of the time are, are outside of our control or or well, they are outside of our control we probably never leave the house let alone do anything more than than that but um so one thing that I'm thinking and keeping in mind your your recent timeline of being in the area for five years and I've lived down the south coast for two right. so I've started to see the observations of of the way that things move compared to where I was living in Sydney for 10 years and previous to that Brisbane so
1: i'm brisbane too yes so we've
0: got um so i can see the differences in pace and what's available and what's not and i'm starting especially doing these uh these chats with different uh self-employed and small business owners and freelancers is that there's all these little pockets of or holes where there's just nothing there at the Mm. moment there's opportunities there and, and whether people see it or they don't i don't know but um in this area and i mean i'm I'm a little bit further north, so I'm closer to, to the big smoke, but down here, what did you have to do in that space of time? And it might have been that, those five years or even in the last few months since you've launched the studio itself to really get the community behind you. You know, uh, I've read a number of different clients that you've worked with, and it's not just individuals, but there's schools, there's, there's nursing homes, there's, yes. there's a, a whole, professionals as well. How do you, how do you first, I guess get the word out there, so from a marketing point of view, but also just to get a bit of community support behind the business.
1: Yeah, it's been interesting and particularly doing the, having done this before, um, years ago with different technologies, it's been a really interesting process and uh, I've actually been having discussions about this um, with team members in the last week about just how different things are. On one side, there was advantages in that there's effectively no competition because Mm. nobody else is doing this. Um, I mean, there are people who just offer face painting or there are people offering ballet classes. So Mm. there's there's areas of competition, but there's nothing specifically the same as what we're doing. So... That goes in the plus side, but on the negative side of that is it's actually been an education process. I've had to educate the community about what we do mm. and what we offer because of the fact there hasn't been anything like this. Um, it's been a complete unknown, mm. even drama. I've had to educate people about what is drama. Yep. Um, there's a local community theatre group here, which is very, very well supported by the community, um, and you know children can be involved in that as a a very, very low fee. Um, But the difference between learning lines, going on stage, being in a show versus doing regular classes where you learned learned how to communicate effectively mm. and network effectively and emotional intelligence and all of mm. that kind of side they're very very different and so there's been a huge education process mm. um so that's been part of it and from a marketing point of view um as i said when i first had this kind of business there was no social media yeah so that's made a huge difference to things um whereas it used to be you had your ad in the yellow pages and then you Mm. advertised in the local community newspaper uh here they probably wouldn't want me to say this but the local community newspaper i've had no response from Um, social media has been my biggest way of marketing and um what would you say uh peer review is more important now than Mm. I think it ever was because of social media. So I guess building up, um, having families who were very loyal and very supportive, having done the workshops just sporadically over the last couple of years definitely helped um, because then we had the word of mouth factor. And I think in a small town, word of mouth Mm -hmm. is more important than anywhere. Absolutely. Um, And it took a while to see that, but it could sort of, you know, register the day that people started talking Yeah. Um, and that people actually started telling other people mm. about what was going on and that was a huge change. So social media has been a big one. Um, although it has its own challenges. Thank you, Facebook, for constantly changing your algorithms.
0: <laughs> um, we won't get into a, a conversation <laughs> about that. We could be here for hours, but yes. Yeah. That, no, I, I, I feel your pain.
1: Absolutely, I feel your well, pain. Well, that's another thing I do, yep. um, social media management. So I'm, I'm all over it, but <laughs> doesn't mean I'm not constantly frustrated by it. Um, one thing we did do here is, I guess because we knew we did sort of have to educate about what we did Mm. uh, and also because we needed to let people know we were here. We had a huge open day. Yep. Um, That was on the 1st of... August. Wow, it seems so long ago, but it wasn't. <laughs> um, 2nd of August, actually. And so we opened the studio for the day and we had free family entertainment non-stop. So we had jumping castles, we had food, we had all of our entertainers offering everything that they do. We had workshops. Uh, it was a huge family fun day and we had a couple of hundred families come through. Oh, that's great. I promoted yeah. it heavily through uh, just posters that yep. I had printed um, and thank you to the local stores that supported us by Mm. popping those up and social media again. And so the response we had to that was fantastic because then we were able to add people to our emailing list. Mm. Uh, We do a regular uh, email newsletter. So we keep in contact with people regularly. We don't spam people, um, (laughs) but we make sure that the information we're providing is useful. Uh, And so, you know, that was a huge benefit from those couple of hundred families that came through, we added, I think it was about 70 people to the emailing list, which is statistically actually very good. It's really good. Um, and it's interesting because you say that to people who aren't sort of in the industry or aware yeah. of a marketing and they're like, oh, a couple of hundred and you only got 70, but that's actually great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's been really useful. And since we had that open day, we've just had a huge response and people instantly fell in love with what we were doing and so became very, very supportive
0: it's um I love this part of it and and this is one of the questions I'm asking a lot of people um, on this podcast is the importance of that that digital realm of of a business, and you know for many businesses out there, and the majority of people that I speak to will have some form of a bricks and mortar you know business up and running, a tangible thing that people can go to and some people are quicker to it than others, but some people still think that. Especially in a face to face business where you 're providing a service that you, know, you need the person to be in front of you, so it might be more of a service based indus- uh, you know, industry or whatnot that a lot of people are struggling to find the value in having an online presence mm. and just from what you said there of just from, even just from a marketing point of view to bring awareness to what you 're doing, I mean ultimately a lot of, the majority of your services do encourage and, and probably require that you need to be present. Um, I'm always in on one.
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, you, you can still use that the digital world to be able to bring that attention here and ultimately get people to walk into the studio.
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, I can honestly say whether we're looking back at when we were just doing sporadic workshops in halls or mm-hmm. from the time we opened the studio, if I didn't have an online presence, I wouldn't have a customer. Yeah. It's that simple. All of my clients have come through social media or from word of mouth via social media. So, um, yeah, social media has built this business.
0: Have you have you primarily stuck on a platform like Facebook? I mean, I know that we, we mentioned your website as well, but yeah. has Facebook been sort of the main driver as far as engaging and connecting with people or do you use yeah. other other areas as well to try and test the waters?
1: Facebook, um, and when I was doing the sporadic workshops, it was only Facebook. Yeah. Didn't have a website for close to three years when I was doing just the sporadic workshops because there wasn't a lot of point to it because Mm. I was, um, yeah, it was sporadic. Uh, Then once I built the website, I used Facebook to drive people to the website. Mm -hmm. Um, So that became a powerful tool. And then I brought Instagram on board this year. Facebook is still the biggest source yeah. of new clients. Um, I, Twitter's nothing to mm. us. You know that's yeah. not, and that's a really important thing with social media is you don't have to be everywhere. Yeah. You have to be where your clients are, yeah. and my clients aren't on Twitter. Mm. Uh, although, sorry, I should say an exception to that is another <laughs> another thing I do. Um, we also, I do business training for creatives as well and social media management and web design though i'm not doing as much of that anymore and clients in those areas uh still facebook Mm. but also some with twitter with that but that's very targeted approach Mm. when i'm doing those things that's not a constant of constant approach but facebook is a constant approach for the teaching and entertaining
0: that we do i guess that's the advantage of um of, as you said before being somebody that's come from that creative background where at times whether you've liked it or not you've had to just pick up new skills and yeah. and uh you know uh, support yourself along the way and so you're in a position now where you can cater for a whole different segment of people um depending on what you want to do and so you can then tailor your approach depending on that particular person or stereotypically what segment they fall into so that's an advantage to have.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: But it can get confusing as well because you know you might <laughs> there might be too many things on at the at the same time, too many options.
1: Yeah, and honestly, that's my biggest weakness. Well, it's a it's one of my biggest strengths, and it's also one of my biggest weaknesses. Is that I have too many ideas, and <laughs> I believe in just doing them all at once. Um, it's a strength to the business. It's a weakness to my health. But <laughs> um, yeah, if it's definitely been a strength for me having that background because as well as being a creative through my whole professional career, I've also been an administrator and in management. So um, I started very young with my first business and that was all trial and error and had to teach myself. And so suddenly I was realising I had to go and do courses on bookkeeping and that kind of stuff, which... Mm. I hate numbers so I never thought I'd be there (laughs) Um, and then I moved into management roles uh, with theatre companies throughout my career as well so I had to pick up more and more skills and more marketing skills and then when I became very sick and couldn't work um, I did start doing training. I taught myself how to do web building Mm. and social media and did some online courses so I could work from my bed, uh, essentially. And that's been invaluable, having that, which is Mm. why I then started passing those skills on to other creatives. Mm. Um, Because artists and creatives tend to be the kind that pop their head down when it comes to marketing Mm -hmm. Uh, or that management side. It's like, oh, it's all too hard, it's all too hard, I'll just paint pretty pictures and they'll come to me. Mm. And it doesn't work like that. So... um, I only work with creatives on business building uh, because it's, yeah, there's, di- uh, I guess, different thinking involved and hmm. different hesitations as well.
0: And it's obviously, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, it's a passion of yours because you come from that background yourself. So it's almost there's this, there's this connection already because there's a like-minded you know, uh similarity between yourself and that person that you're providing a service to so you can there's more of a chance that you can get onto that same page as them as opposed to somebody who is a completely different personality comes from a different industry has different interests and different um, visions and goals and and a lifestyle as well than what you would be used to so for you to be able to hone in on people that you can relate to straight off the bat that already gives you an advantage to provide a service that they actually need
1: definitely and I think You know, artists and creatives do tend to be the ones, as I said before, you know, starting a business with $100. We aren't the ones that go into business with huge savings behind us (laughs) because of the industry we're coming from. And so marketing is more important than ever. And that's not about going and spending tens of thousands of dollars on a website or fancy signs. It's about using what you can immediately. And it's easier now than it's ever been. And I can say that having been doing it for a couple of decades marketing is so easy now thanks Mm. to social media it's fantastic um but it it does need to be constant it does need to be strategic Mm. and i think there's also i mean it's a general it can be a general belief amongst business owners but i think also specifically with artists and creatives that marketing is yucky mm. it's it's slimy and it's sleazy it's non-glamorous and
0: it's thing but selling also, out but also like an ego th- or a pride thing people mm. people put their pride and their ego ahead of everything else yeah. so they're worried about that i mean you would see this on a day-to-day basis working in sort of that creative industry but you know worried about what other people think of what you do
1: definitely the fear of
0: rejection the fear of failure and whatnot yeah. so people would hesitate to even tell anybody that they do something that involves money
1: yeah and there's still that old-fashioned belief in the artistic world of selling out yeah. you know, if you make money and feed yourself you're selling out uh, no you're staying alive um and yeah to me marketing isn't that at all if it's done correctly my role in the arts is to tell stories it yeah. doesn't matter if I'm painting a picture if I'm performing I'm telling a story I'm sharing a story And marketing is part of that. Marketing Mm. is sharing our story. And we're very community focused. Uh, We want this studio to feel like a second home for the families that are in it. And a lot of us have told us that it does, which is fantastic. Mm. Um, But everything we do is with our community in mind. And that includes the marketing. We're continuing to have them be involved in every aspect of the business by constantly sharing with them. And we get a good response from that. Because of the way we do it, it's, it's not sleazy.
0: It's yeah. sharing stories. It's genuine, and you're just showing what you do. You're you, um, you're celebrating what you're celebrating. You're celebrating what you do on a day to day basis, and and as a result, the the bonus or the side effect to it is that it draws business yeah. and attention to what you do, and so ultimately, then that leads to the financial reward. But you know, I think. this is a thing I continuously bring up with people over and over again. I think people are smarter than ever as far as sniffing out the BS and they can see what's genuine and what's not. And I think if people are out there just highlighting the things that they love and people can see that they're passionate and they're genuine about what they do, then people gravitate towards that as opposed to somebody that's on Facebook boosting a post or on Instagram boosting a post which is like this hard sell buy a product or whatnot which you just get annoyed and you have to try and close it down and say that it's irrelevant and and try and get out of your feed um it's just that case of you know this is something that you're passionate about it's something that you spend a lot of time in your life being immersed in showing everybody how why you love it is is probably the biggest driver of getting people behind you and definitely and
1: and our community are involved in that you know i have parents sending me photos of their kids Mm. that they've taken from performances or, or for instance our halloween party that we held last night and i've had photos sent to me um we actually got so busy making sure the kids were having fun. We didn't get a chance to take mm. our own photos. <laughs> but I've had parents sending through photos of the kids yeah, um, before they came to the party or afterwards and saying, share it, share yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Sh- share what happened. We love what you do. Share it with people. So that's great.
0: So sitting here today, a few months in, what's, what's the current... What's the current hurdle that you have at the moment? What's the, what's the current challenge that you have? Is it more just just keeping keeping it moving, or is there anything in particular that you're looking at going? All right, this is my next my next thing that I need to sort of tackle.
1: There's been two big hurdles for us. Um, one, financial. As I said before, about rents, and of course making sure my staff get paid. Um, but this is in a business that has a lot of costs associated mm. with it constantly you know where and i mean that's our choice but we're constantly upgrading props and sets yep. and equipment and um, there would there's more costs associated here than there would be with a lot of other businesses yeah, sure. because and again because of the number of different things yep. we do um, when we do birthday parties, we have over thirty different themes mm. that people can wow. choose from, so that 's a lot of costumes mm. and a lot of props and a lot of backdrops and a lot of sets and um and then they all need replacing oh and this is another thing i 've been talking about with my team lately you know when I ran a business like this fifteen seventeen years ago props and things were all handcrafted. Mm. They were a lot more expensive. But Mm. once you bought them, you had them for life. Now I cannot get them. They Mm. do not exist. No one makes them. And if they do uh, prop places, they will only rent them. They won't sell them. So the only things we can get now, are they're a lot cheaper, a lot cheaper, hundreds of dollars cheaper. But... A lot of them are broken before we get them out of the box.
0: Mm. So, there's so it a, ends up costing you more long-term anyway because yeah. you, you have to replace them all the yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, and the other side of that is that we're making a lot of our own. So okay. that's a lot of um, staff hours mm. put into that. Um, so, yeah, it's constant. there's constant costs involved. So that's been one of the biggest things and that will be a constant thing for the business as well we will never get to the point where we have all of our equipment in place and we just go for it
0: and it's i guess i mean this is my undiagnosed adhd as a kid no (laughs) doubt but i'm always the mind's always racing but i guess as you said earlier in the piece about seeing a hole in this area Mm. as far as something that doesn't exist and there's an opportunity there um, even looking at your current challenges potentially, and this might take some time once you get through the, all the stress of trying to get this business up and running and having some momentum and whatnot, that some of these challenges that you got could end up making you money because mm. nobody else is supplying these sort of things. So suddenly if you're able to, this is long term, be able to dedicate particular hours to creating things that could then be sold to other businesses like yourself around the country and other parts of the country then suddenly there's another re- revenue stream for the business yeah early days of course <laughs> Oh, don't <laughs> um,
1: worry it's in the back of my mind don't
0: but, worry but i guess that's, that's the exciting thing about running a business is that sometimes a, an initial problem can end up being something very exciting that could lead to something successful down the track but it's it's a case of having that open mind constantly and not letting something take the, or get the better of you
1: yeah definitely and Again, I mean, this comes from experience that this isn't my first rodeo. So in the back of my mind constantly when I purchase something or we make something is always what else can I use this for? Where else can this be used by someone else? Mm. Um, So, you know, we have um, an example is we have a photographic studio. I'm not a photographer but we have to take photos of our products and our – our entertainers and our costumes and things like that so I saw a great deal on local buy swap and sell from a local photographer who was selling off a lot of professional equipment um so I purchased it knowing that I could make our own things look better but also I now hire that out as a photography studio so it's all just yeah seeing where else can things be used who else can they be used by um and Another example of that is I'm building online courses in the business area, business training for mm-hmm. creatives, and so when I do them here in person, things are filmed. Uh, any materials that I uh, create, which maybe for a one-off workshop here, can then be used there. So it's just constantly, what else can you do with That's things? It. Content, content, yeah, content. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so nothing should ever be used once. Um, yeah yeah everything has further life that's and it. sometimes you just have to think a little bit laterally about yeah. that about finding that extra life
0: oh, that's fantastic um one question that i'm trying to ask as many people as possible because we are in a regional area mm. and i think for a large part of the population the the stereotype or the the common way of thinking is that in order for any opportunity of success you need to be either right smack bang in the middle of a metro metro area or be relatively close to a large built-up area. Um, Living down here now in a regional area, obviously there are challenges and there's unique things that you have to keep in mind, but I guess what I'm trying to probably show people is that you can pretty much live anywhere now, as long as there's some people in the area, but you you can create things, you can create a business, you can create a lifestyle for yourself and you're not restricted to just staying in a built-up area thinking that that's where all the opportunities are i think as long as you've got probably an internet connection probably a big thing but yeah you know, there's so many possibilities
1: oh definitely and i mean quite honestly the concept of starting a theater company down here yeah. is ridiculous but um the you know i i I've been in enough regional areas to know that there's a need and yep. I knew it would work. The funny thing is we actually moved to a regional area when I was sick mm. to take away the temptation of me throwing myself back into work. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we, we, were touring, um, we were touring the world with Cirque de Soleil. I was an artistic director with them and that's when I became chronically ill and when we moved back to Australia we were looking at where to move and we didn't have any ties anywhere Uh, and we decided that living in a regional area by the coast would be beautiful, it would be relaxing, it would be healthier but also I wouldn't have that temptation of, you know, state theatre companies constantly advertising jobs for me to jump in and go, yeah, I'll do that even though I wasn't physically capable. Mm -hmm. So that was part of our move down here. So it's kind of ironic that this has all happened because there is opportunity anywhere and it's just a matter of, Uh, identifying it and believing in yourself and I think I think regional areas self-employment is more important than ever uh, because you don't have the big corporations that you can rely on or when you do a lot of the work is seasonal Mm. so I yeah I think self-employment is um, probably a very important consideration for anybody living
0: in the regions well i think um i think in most places it's something that most people should just at least have in the back of their mind as a, as a possibility i i think i think the the old school jobs job security and, and staying in one job and that's that's your entire lifespan yeah and, definitely and, i mean my father's been working for the same organization for 40 years and and he's lucky um, and and he's happy with that but i think those times are, are, are probably starting to to disappear and um, I don't think anybody has 100% security in their, in their jobs anymore. Oh, no. They probably never did, but I think it's yeah. more prevalent now and I think people are realising, oh, you know, I might not be here in six months or 12 months or two to five years' time, let alone the rest. So I think the more that people are, are thinking in the back of their mind, whether they actually want to dive into self-employment or not, is another thing. But I think even just to understand that, you know, if, if everything falls apart... There's always, there's always an option. There's always something that can be done. There's there's, oh. a, there's an avenue to, to go down.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's a, a matter of identifying your own skills mm. um, and thinking laterally about those skills. But, yeah, nothing's secure anymore. I, I worked in Canberra for a couple of years with a theatre company there, but you a know, big belief there, obviously, is government jobs. Yeah. Government jobs are secure, but they're not anymore. Most government positions are now on 12-month contracts mm. and then you have to reapply. Yeah. So there's no such thing as a a steady job Mm. anymore. Um and yeah, it is a matter of identifying the skills, um, where you've worked, what you've done and where you can go from that. Um we're talking before about hurdles and challenges here. The other big challenge for me has been staffing here. Mm. Because it's a regional area and because I'm in performing arts. um, there aren't a lot of people floating mm. around that move to Ulladulla and go, yes, I'm an actor, I live in Ulladulla. <laughs> um, but again, I've been really fortunate with that in that I did find a team member who studied acting and while she was studying acting, her parents moved to the area so she came to visit them on holidays and she's a full-time staff member with me now mm. and, and I just found somebody via Facebook who was contacting people to say, does anyone want babysitting? And um, I'm meeting her this afternoon and she's got a very similar background to me Uh, and she's moved to the area for a sea change and currently is commuting to and from Sydney but doesn't want to keep doing it anymore. So, you know, in my industry, performing arts, in an area where that just hasn't existed previously, if I can find people, anyone can. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think yeah. that's I think that's great and um, I think at a later date we should probably uh, catch up for around two and just see how the business is tracking and I mean, your 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 experience in the industry has been you know over a couple of decades now but um, this business is only a couple a few months so it's it's still new and it's uh, it's an area that you haven't been in for a long period of time so it's still sort of testing the waters and understanding what works and what doesn't. So it'd be interesting to see in 12 months' time or, or such what, um, how much it changes or whether, whether the, the concept that you have now is, is just breathing and working as, as well as it is or, or who knows. So it'd be interesting to do a catch-up.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'd love to. I'm interested to see what happens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you. It's been great.
0: Thanks, everyone. If you want to reach out to KM, you can do so by checking out livewiretheatre.com. You can go to facebook.com slash livewiretheatre, NSW, or you can go to instagram.com slash livewiretheatrearts. Alternatively, you can go to selfstarter.com.au. Check out the show notes. I'll dump everything over there to make it nice and easy for you guys. Now, as always, I'd love to hear from you. If you got something out of this particular podcast episode or any of the podcast episodes, please make contact with me. I'd love to get your insights, your perspective to keep building this podcast and make it bigger and better each and every episode. Now, I got four or five key points out of this particular episode, which I'll quickly run over now. Um, But if there are additional things that you got, please let me know, reach out. So the first one was that, KM was able to identify that there was a hole in the market. She could see that there was something missing. Now, this, is, this can be good and bad. If you've got no competition in the area, you don't know how well your business is going to run. But she's used it to her advantage and created a business that's obviously done reasonably well in the short space of time that it's been up and running. The second thing is the critical nature of Facebook at the moment for KM. She's been able to use it to connect with her community, with it, with her clients and with the, the local area to build awareness, engagement and ultimately uh, generate business for her. So Facebook as it stands now and these things always change um, as technology changes. But at the moment, Facebook is a critical thing. And I see personally a lot of businesses that still don't use Facebook a great deal to engage with uh, their clients. So uh, something to consider. The third point is this is really interesting KM mentioned in passing that there was no local media support. So um, whoever that was in particular, whether it be the newspapers or whatnot, not getting a lot of traction or uh, response from the local uh, media. Now, for a lot of people, you might think, oh, God, that's an indication that I'm not on the right track. But KM's turned it around and really focused on building her community, building that word of mouth aspect and using social media to ensure that she's got a reputation um, and a following that will stem into better business and then at a later date maybe convince uh, some local media to get behind what she's doing and get uh, some further support. Uh, The fourth thing was creating additional content and products off the back of what they do currently as a business, so uh, filming a lot of their workshops and creating online content I think that's so cool. That just shows that the business can expand in a number of different ways and that can provide further revenue streams for the business. And they don't have to just focus on one thing. Obviously it's, it's small steps and you've got to slowly build these things and you don't want to jump ahead too quickly. But I think just the fact that you're thinking along those lines is really, really cool. And I think that's something that we need to look at. What can we do to rebrand our content? how can we rehash it? How can we put it into another channel to make it better? So even with this podcast, doing it in an audio form, but then turning it into uh, written content as well in a blog post and whatnot. So trying to find other ways to rehash and, and refresh the content into other domains to provide additional revenue streams is really, really cool. Um, the other thing is just the the list of clientele that she looks at and and services it's not just individuals it's schools it's corporations it's professional training going out to nursing homes just being really open as to the types of uh, clients that she can cater for. And that's obviously going to help with uh, with the longevity of the, her business by being flexible and not just providing sort of a one-on-one service for private uh, interest. It's, it's something that can be scaled up for a business to provide workshops and whatnot. So really, really cool to see that, um, There's a number of different avenues that uh, KM will be going down in the future, and I can't wait to do a follow-up to see how the business is going down the track. So as mentioned before, selfstarter.com.au. Please go over there. You can check out all the links and resources to this episode and every other episode of the podcast. And uh, until two weeks' time, that's right, every fortnight, take care, and we'll speak soon. Thanks, guys.